0: Oh, shit. Hey. Okay, so I'm going to do the usual do and then just relax till I introduce you. Okay. I'll take it. Yep. Okay. Welcome to another episode of the Art MBS Podcast, a podcast by artists for artists and art lovers. It's episode 47, y'all. Let's get some housekeeping out the way. Shout outs to those on Apple holding us down. Three niggas over on Google. Keep your hands washed. Listeners on Spotify, we appreciate the love. Keep it up. Keep it cracking. You know how we really do it. Listeners on the web, you know what's really good. Entrepreneurs, keep that schedule filled. Nine to fivers, keep Keep the airpods in so your boss ain't tripping. Hey Amen. We out here. Sheltering in place. It's going down. A lot of shit's changed, but you guys could still get merch on the Teespring. You could still uh, buy paintings if you're interested. Shout outs to the nurses, shout outs to the armed forces, people in essential businesses, you know, still allowing me to buy chicken so I can fry it up. Man, we love you. And uh yeah, stay safe. So We're here, you guys. You read the description. You know what's really cracking. You know who's in the building. But let me tell you guys, first and foremost, I tell you, everybody can't come up here. We always like to have a certain caliber of cat up in this piece. And graffiti artists, you know, I like to sprinkle them in and throughout the uh, art and BS guest list. But um, there's a fundamental... attribute that I like to make sure that the graffiti artists have that I interview. And one is I really like, I have to like your shit. And number two, I feel like putting in work is, um, it's very, it's mandatory. Like, I can't have a cat who's new, new to this. I need a cat who's true to this. So, you know, without further ado, I would like to introduce my guest, a great Dane in the freight game, a ninja when it comes to the aerosol, one of my OGs, oh. the man, the myth, the legend, Danny Gamble.
1: Oh, shit, man. Hell yeah. Thanks. I like it. No, no pressure. No pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> man, just do what you do. Yep. Yep. Jibber jabber. Gift of gab, right?
0: I also forgot to say he is the host of the All City podcast. I got to put some respect on it. Hell yeah. Shit. Fledgling. Spreading its wings. It's It's a soft little baby bird right now. Man, it's like an eagle, though, and you know an eagle's nest is built on thorns, so at some point you got to fly. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, true. That's true. Hell yeah. <clears throat> How's everything going out there for you in Ohio, man? What's happening? It's good.
1: For, on For me, personally, chilling. Uh, as Ohio itself goes, it's pretty cool, like, you know, everybody, like, you know... Talks about how this is like you know backwards. It's like it's like you know when you're on the coast, Ohio is like a cartoon character of like a redneck Klu Cl- Klux Klan character or something. But uh, but honestly, uh, Ohio 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 is on some shit and. Uh, uh, and, like, in terms of response to the current affairs, uh, it's actually, like, one of, if not, like, the leader in, like, responsible, you know, educating of the public and, and people trying to be aware and, and hold the shit down. So it's kind of cool having, like, a, a decent, you know, mouthpiece at the top of the fucking mountain over here. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it personally, though, like, me and my lady, she's out of work because she's a service industry, you know, high, high-end high fine dining you know person so that that shit's all shut down but uh mm-hmm. i mean my place is a compound i got a studio downstairs i got jobs i can work on you know like if i choose to work on stuff i got stuff to do uh but mm-hmm. honestly i've just been chilling and binge watching all the all the hot content and uh uh, you know, wearing PJs <laughs> every day and and you know, just just trying to be a law-abiding citizen, staying at home, wearing pajamas, you know, getting, okay. eating food out the skillet.
0: <laughs> out the skillet. So now you we're like when you say skillet, you 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 rock it with the cast iron or what you rock? It uh with?
1: we got we got the Teflons, you know. We we, 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 we got to, we rock Teflon around here and uh Ooh. fucking uh but you know, she she's got the she's got the the hot Polish home cooking game. So uh uh, yeah, it's like it's like you know, scratch pierogies all day and all kinds of oh all kinds gosh. of ill sauces. Like I'm pretty sure the other day she just gave me a bowl of fat. It was like ba- it was like it was like it was like bacon grease, add cheese, some some oils and seasoning, some mushrooms. Uh, it was just like it was like three different kinds of fat. It was delicious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. So okay, Danny, real quick, like, cause we we just hopped straight into the shit. So yeah, we got into it. But can you tell the the art and BS family what was your first memory seeing art?
1: First memory seeing art, good question. I think the uh I mean I feel like some of the earliest stuff that really stuck with me was uh I had my mom's sister was some kind of illustration teacher at the Art Institute of Chicago. And, mm, and when yeah. I was like, don't mind my dog, Ali. He's the, the great white hype. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the albino rhino. He's, champ. He's, he's in the back, mm-hmm. the light skin heavyweight. He's uh, hey, hey. He's, he's, he's barking in the background. Uh, mm. But uh, in Chicago, hey, chill, chill. Uh, in Chicago, he uh, uh, in Chicago, I went to my aunt's. Yeah, the art school she worked at, and she was giving me a tour. You know, I was probably like ten years old or something, and uh, she was showing me around, and I saw like the students' work hanging on the walls. You know, just like standard project portfolio stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, one of the, I remember a, a picture of a monkey that was the first time I ever see, I had ever seen cross hatching. And like, Ooh. uh, so it was like three or four directions of cross hatching just little, little, little hatch marks. And, uh, just, uh, I remember that being like super cool. Like, Oh, that's a cool way to shade something. But then like seeing that, seeing that stuff there at that school that, that was showing me some, you know, the idea of different styles and techniques was, was an option. And then, uh, and then literally like almost across the street from that place was the, uh, the classic art museum in chicago which like you know everybody knows from like the ferris bueller's day off type of scene when cameron zones out uh you know on sunday in the park Mm -hmm. and uh uh, and like i saw that painting in real life and uh that shit was fucking huge it's basically a mural that that painting is like probably like 12 by 30 or something it's 12 by 20 it's something it's really big and um i remember seeing that in person and being like damn that's crazy and there was uh Some Whatever the seasonal show of the time was, this guy did these massive portraits that were like, I remember this one dude had, it was like a watermelon, but it was like 15, you know, like like 12 or 15 foot tall portraits, and like they were different like fruits and vegetable faces, so it's like a person's face infused with a watermelon. What would oh, wow. what, what would now be like a fa- uh, an Instagram filter or something? But you know, <laughs> but 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 back then it was like a really hyper real painting, and I don't know. I feel like that was probably the earliest, most impactful like art viewing, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. th- that's when I remember really seeing
0: some some
1: real shit, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So now the artistic gene runs in your family. Then, if your aunt was a was a professor, yeah. Apparently,
1: apparently, yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it does run in the family. Like my dad is just like a service, a car service for life, you know, like car sales, car service, mechanic car tech but Mm -hmm. but really he had a thing when he was a kid he he had horses like he worked on a farm or something when he was a kid and Mm -hmm. and he had a horse that was considered his horse named champ and he did this little drawing of champ so if you think about like freight train monikers like he Mm -hmm. he had this little like caricature of a horse that he would draw and he would write champ underneath it and uh that was his like thing but like i've always thought that like you know that was him showing that, like, by nature, he wanted to be an artist, but he grew up mm-hmm. in fucking, you know, Indiana where there's no no art life, and uh, mm-hmm. so he went into car sales and then car repair, and that's just been mm-hmm. his whole fucking life. Uh, so, like, but but I mean, I think, you know, that whole champ thing, you know, if he was in an environment that encouraged it, maybe he would have drawn something else and then kept going. And try to you know mm-hmm. you know what I mean like so yeah you know it's like I think it may, a lot of people have an art gene but they're just not in the in the life or or put themselves in the position to to make that matter
0: you know it's just you, right you you. or they're not in an environment that's conducive to nurturing that artistic right.
1: yeah it's all about the nurture totally like uh yeah they call it like I, I know I I talked about it on my podcast I don't know if you listen to that one but I I bring up that book mastery. Um,
0: yeah. But, oh, but, yeah. yeah. I listen. Let's talk. Yeah, Let's go. Yeah, yeah,
1: but in Mastery.
0: I've read that book.
1: Word. Oh, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That Mastery, he talks about uh, Robert Greene, right? 48
0: Laws of Power, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, 33 Strategies of War, yeah. The Art of Seduction. Right. Let's go. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, uh, with with mastery, I really like that's my favorite book of his because like that one like the 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 other ones can be more like theory, kind of like how mm-hmm. Sun Tzu's Art of War is like you know cited as like strategy theories, but mm-hmm. but really Musashi's Book of Five Rings is the real shit because that yeah th- that's true because that's written by a dude that does the thing he talks about mm-hmm. you know what I mean he was in the cave right just yeah yeah he was doing it whereas whereas Sun Tzu's like you know I think the way they do this is but like mm-hmm. but but Musashi's like this is how I do it. And uh, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, so whereas mastery I like is like he's citing stories of this is how you do it. Uh, and like mm-hmm. all it really is, like bare bones, cliff notes, is uh, there's a notion, an inclination, he calls it in that, and basically nurturing an inclination. And then when you nurture an inclination long enough, other people say – Wow, that's fucking talent. How you know how? Oh, you're born with this talent. Like, look how talented you are. And they try to like, like there's a cheat code that you're just born with. But like, some people just nurture their fucking inclinations for a long time. And like, every time you're fucking playing baseball or having a conversation or watching a show or you know uh just streaming fucking instagram and liking shit and sending memes somebody else is nurturing an inclination and when you when you uh, when you go offline and you look at somebody else's shit you're like oh my gosh where did you find the time it's like well you know some people don't spend 10 hours a day you know listening or watching some nonsense and they're you know and then after that time they produce something and they're like oh wow you're so talented it's like there, you you know, there's choices to make. It's choose your own adventures. So like some people nurture their fucking inclinations and then become, you know, become, you know, proficient at it. And then Mm -hmm. enough to where they can make money at it. Like that's like, and that's like what, that's what that book mastery is all about. It's like, you know, Mozart, you know, from the age of like four, they say he's a child prodigy, but his dad was putting him on blast making him battle his sister, taking him around as like a kid, you know, traveling art show, like our music show, Mm -hmm. like, you know, basically they were buskers and like, uh, you know, the, the dad was just putting the kids like, Hey, look at my kids play piano. And they weren't necessarily Mm -hmm. good but they were better than a kid that couldn't. And then, you know, and then like, you know, he spent 20 years doing that shit and then started writing his own stuff. And like, now we call it a twenty-year apprenticeship, and like nowadays, it's hard to get anybody to, to do a two-year apprenticeship. You know, but mm-hmm. Mozart, appre- Mozart apprenticed for twenty years, and then mm-hmm. and it came out the box was like, I got my own shit to write, and everybody was like, Oh my god, where did this guy come from? It's like, well, he was a fucking carnival fucking pianist for twenty years. You know, like, yeah.
0: yeah. And also, it's like, and you can't get that time back. You know, right. and I, I find like a lot of people, you know, I talk to friends who are like working artists and I have friends who are, you know, they're artists with day jobs. And and one thing that I found is there's a there's a bracket of artists who they work and then it's like a, I'll get to it sort of thing, right. you know, and you can't like there is no tomorrow. It's there's only today, yeah. Yeah. Um. you know, because Danny, when I look at the past eight months, I've made 42 paintings, right? Oh, yeah. but that's just from working you know what i'm saying that's just like not letting up not letting up just staying on the grind instead of waking up one day and being like okay now i'm gonna start yep. you know like you have to keep keep that momentum going yep
1: yep 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 I, that's i've been saying a lot lately uh choose your own adventure is one thing right like uh, uh-huh. like like you're saying you just you're, you're choosing to fucking stay on it like you it's a conscious choice and um Something I've been saying a lot is, uh, <clears throat> is is doing what you want to do in terms of like being cognitive about what you want to do because people will say all day, oh, I want to do this. But what they actually do is sit on the couch and, and watch a show or look at Instagram for seven hours straight. And like what the truth is is you want to sit on the couch and look at Instagram. If you wanted to make a bunch of paintings, you'd fucking do it because there, you know, but it, you have to choose to do what you say you want. Like, like, it's a conscious thing. Like, otherwise, what you want to do is eat another dessert and sit down, you know, uh, you're show. Everyone does exactly what they want to do um you know like whether they're aware of it or not you are doing right now what you want to do right now what you want to do is listen to art and bs podcasts and then and then and then listen to all City's podcasts too let's
0: go <laughs> <laughs> let's go
1: right oh, yeah. for real man. something else i was gonna say about that is uh one of my one of my little philosophies of the past year or so is, uh, in terms of trying to tell my creative friends how to pursue their shit better, is you know everybody's familiar with the idea of minimum wage, right? And I'm of the I'm of the opinion of minimum wage, minimum work. So it's like it's like why does why can't this person get my fries order right? Well, it's because you're paying a minimum wage, so they're going to give you minimum attention, so you get minimum results. Like that's why there's a fucking nugget in your fries and a fry in your nuggets. That's that's minimum work, you know. But, mm. but like, but. Also there's a middle ground that I call hobby work hobby pay. So it's like people are like I can't I can't get pay my bills with this shit cuz I don't get I don't get paid enough. Well it's like well number 1 you don't present yourself on Facebook and Instagram as the thing that you want to be making a living as you present it as what you're actually doing for a paycheck uh, or nothing at all. And you're, so you're treating your passion like a hobby. So you're getting hobby results. So like if you present yourself and push yourself as the thing you want, like plant that seed and water it, you know, with presentation, like you'll turn it into, instead of hobby, hobby, work, hobby, pay, you turn it into like, you know, lifestyle work, Lifestyle pay, you know, like, like, mm. like so, so yeah, that, that's, that's another thing I'm trying to, I'm trying to finesse uh, how I want to go into that. But right now I just call it hobby work, hobby pay.
0: But that's a gem right there.
1: Yeah. I, I, I haven't heard anybody else say it. I think it's my own thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Coin that. That's a gambleism, <laughs> exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah, you know, man, there's so much shit that we, we got to cover, but realistically I want to, uh, I, I, I cause here's the thing, like, can you tell, okay, let, <laughs> let's do this. Why don't you give, um, a brief, like a brief rundown Danny of who you are and what you do. And then I can start hitting you with some questions. Okay, all
1: right, cool. Um, So, yeah, so Danny, I go by Danny gamble as the artist name uh, coming from graffiti. I've written gamble now for over 20 years and um, uh, in the graffiti world, you know, a lot of times everybody knows your 1st name and everybody knows what you write. So, I just embrace that thing and just go by what people call me on the side, which would just be Danny gamble. So I just embrace that namesake. But uh, I come from. Just the graffiti world in like the mid nineties. We, me, and you are both originally from Indianapolis, right? Are you from the? You're from
0: Cali, and then Indy, and then back to Cali. By the way, yeah. yeah. Well, no, Cali, Indy, Seattle. Yeah, word. Remember oh, that? Yeah, see, yeah, okay. See, so I'm because you uh, yeah. tried to hook me up with Kegger yeah, out there. Yeah, Kegs the
1: boy G and F guys. Yep. And uh, so yeah, so so I grew up in Indy, and then when I was seventeen, I got the fuck out of Indy. Um, you know, as soon as I legally could. Uh, may or may not have graduated high school that's still up to up to debate and then uh and then uh uh and then uh yeah i went to seattle at 17 um entered art school a trade school an art institute and um just fucking did not thrive man like i was i was partying on the street doing graffiti meeting writers discovering all the all the different uh molecules that you could entertain your brain with and uh and i just i just failed out of school miserably and then gotten some legal trouble and so in the legal trouble with graffiti i uh i wrote a letter to my school and uh and was able to get back in to retake the same six months that i failed at the first time tried doing that pretty much sucked at that again and then uh and then i just went straight into making signs uh uh, I did like I was doing freelance signs just doing what I could to like bas- basically mm-hmm. get art supplies and pay ba- pay minimum rent and uh I didn't have a car I had a dog uh, I just walked my dog and literally asked people if they wanted a sign and uh um and then you know I had no idea how to price shit uh I oh
0: now was this in seattle yeah, yeah. you were making yeah signs?
1: seattle yep yeah. yeah, seattle i had cabs for days man i walked for like seven years during my time out
0: there i just, <laughs> I just walked man. them heels yeah,
1: i know I, I wish i skated man because that was definitely a more efficient way to get around i was never a skater but uh yeah that city has some hills and so I, I hoofed it a lot with my dog writing on shit, trying to sell signs got ended up working at tower records for a couple years as like an in- in-store mm-hmm. sign guy and, um, uh, and that, you know, that was cool. That's like a, like a, uh, that was like a, a, now, a wayward home for attempting to.
0: Okay. Party. So when you say your dog, are you talking about I mugs? I am talking about mugs. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, okay. mugs. Hell yeah. Okay. So we're going to get, I have sto- we're going to get to that story in a second. We continue. Okay. <laughs> okay. And,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So yeah. Uh, just basically a life with mugs and then, uh, and making signs, working at tower, um, uh, Uh, and then, you know, just at the whole time, just my only thing I gave a shit about was partying and graffiti and, uh, Mm um, yeah, linked up with the GN guys. They were like my, the hometown crew out there, Seattle and Tacoma. And, uh, so we, we were, you know, I, I, you know, in this, in the pedestrian life, I was just obsessed with tags you know trying Mm -hmm. to hold my own with like the kyt guys just getting getting Mm -hmm. better and just doing having a having a good fucking hand style and um jabber helped me a lot with that and he was pretty much like my my bombing mentor and then um and then and then linking up with the gn guys you know that they were all about piecing and shit so so that that's where i'm like all right now i gotta get in this piecing game and uh uh and then you know, after a couple years of doing all that stuff, I end up back in I end up back in the Midwest in Cincy in 2002. Um, got a job as what was called a spray painter at a at a at a facility that made like cruise ship scenery, and uh, so my mm-hmm. job literally was like wiping down the steel and and painting it with rusto through a cup gun, uh, you know, preservative paint uh, metal, uh-huh. and uh, and then. I basically just came up through the ranks there, like an apprenticeship for like eight years, uh, going from like painting and cleaning the metal and the wood and, and filling fucking holes with putty to like basing shit in and mixing paint, learning all the techniques and like moving up through that. And then after that went on to make, to do my own thing, which is what I've been doing now since 08. So that's, that's, that's Mm. kind of the overview. Yeah.
0: Okay, tight, tight. Okay, so now, folks, the thing about you know gamble is i was i moved to indianapolis my junior year in high school i ended up meeting uh sure like i think like 2000 and when i met sure and demo there there was like they would tell me because they were in the nua crew and they would tell me about this dude gamble who was hella tight and there was all it was sure demo shout outs to mutt and eros yep, yep. so they would always talk about this guy their homeboy, Danny, and they were like, he's hella sick, and da-da-da. I was like, okay, you know, like, what's up with this dude? And then he, they're like, oh, well, he moved to Seattle, and um, so it was always, there was this talk, but I never had seen anything, and then the internet, graffiti started to really get popular on the internet, and then, um, you know, I don't remember the first time I saw your shit, but I remember seeing it and being like, oh, wow, this dude's over there, and then I moved to i moved to seattle and then you were out of seattle at the time like we kind of moved opposite directions and then um you know but there was the underworld and things like that so did you were you at the underworld a lot did you guys do a lot of production we did
1: when um in like probably like basically like probably 2000 2002 that 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 range was like my tacoma life and and uh Yeah, we would definitely went down there a lot and all my guys down there they went to high school in Tacoma and shit. So like they were they were very fluent in the underworld. And uh okay. um and then there was, you know, the other local guys who were like I would say ahead of us, you know, technically, mm-hmm. um like technically skilled wise. There was like TN mm-hmm. crew which was like Deal and Jug and Plus and those guys. Yeah. And, uh, yep. and, and you know, of course the Hatfield McCoy shit, my local guys, they were local, my dudes were local, they were on different teams, so then they had to be adversaries. And uh, um, so like uh, uh,, so you know i I got ushered in on on the GN side of things, against the TN side of things, and like, you know, there was all kinds of shit talking between those groups. Uh, but that, that's just that's just capitalism at work, everybody making each other better and then and then, uh, and then uh, yeah, so i I, I kind of learned piecing in Tacoma. Cause the underworld was the move. Like if you want to be dope in this town, you got to have the best burners in the underworld. So I, literally yeah. that was really my first pieces. Like I was painting some trains and shit in, in Indy and in Seattle, but, um, but they, they were just like, they were just like, I was just trying to make my fill-ins better or like trying to do something like a jab or two color, you know, simple piece. Like I was mm-hmm. just trying, my trying to do yeah. shit. Like I, I, I know I wasn't very good, but my hand styles were getting there. But, uh, but, but yeah, mm-hmm. my, my pieces were pretty whack. And then, uh, yeah, Tacoma, learning how to piece with those guys, like, we were all very passionate about that and, like, trying to get better and trying our best. And, like, um, uh, yeah, and so I would say TN was a little bit ahead of my guys technically. Um, and I think a big part of that was they were fucking with the Tits crew guys who were ahead of every- – they were ahead yeah. of everybody. Um, t- mm-hmm. Tits was the was the fucking – like pinnacle of piecing shit you know back in the day and i remember there was uh at the lake city wall the north north of seattle uh mm-hmm. up at lake city like me and my dudes like the best production we ever did man we spent three days like rendering like a cobblestone wall with these care like dragon characters and and what what my dude burn calls ganchi ninjas and uh so we had, <laughs> we had the ganchi ninjas and and dragons and cobblestones and like rubble and and like we fucking rendered out some shit like the, and the, the pieces were they were good like if, if i have flicks of them i'll look at them and i'll be like damn those those were those were legit, and um. And they're just like classic rendered panels. And then, uh, and then, like, on our third day, you know, we're getting flicks and we're cleaning shit up and we're just making sure everything's nice and tight. And then, you know, clown and Kiefer and caddy and gun, sieve, you slide, oh, you know, all those damn recipe he slide, sly, man, style master. And, uh, um, yeah that whole crew shows up and we're packing our shit up at the lake city wall you know it's like a seven or eight man length wall and we you know we're like you know we're like this shit's going to ride for like 3 weeks you know three, three so for something to ride for a couple of weeks there was was a big deal and uh um mm-hmm. we're like dude this shit's about to ride and we're all fucking geeking, taking our disposable camera photos and shit and uh um and those guys pull up, we're loading our trunks, they're unloading their trunks, and you know, Sly or Caddy or somebody was like, Hope you got your flicks, and we're like, What? And they're like, they're like, We're about to show you that new shit. And we're like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like, and mean, <they're> like, <laughs> like you can be a hard ass all you want and be like, Fuck you, dude, I just painted that. But it's like, know your fucking role, man. Like this whole fucking game is about like you don't touch it if you can't burn it. And like I know every one of these dudes can burn what we did. Like, you know what I mean? Like and of yep. course we you know, we 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 were, you know i'm sure like mildly offended but at the same time we also know like those dudes were doing real dope shit and and i I just the reason that line stuck with me was like you know we're about to show you the new shit like they did man like the shit they did next on that wall was just an evolution of what they were up to but but every tech every fucking technique those guys were doing in like 98 99 is modern piecing It's like, it's, it's, it's what people Um. do now. It's, it's no outlines, you know, it's like a rendered 3d with a cool technical fade or like, you know, or, mm-hmm. or breaking the fucking planes, you know, the, the background goes to the foreground, uh, you know, yeah. the, something's beveled, something's got a you know, you got a shadow w- on something that used to be flat. Now it's a fucking inch thick, you know, like all, all the all the mm-hmm. like, it's basically like Photoshop tricks by hand, uh you, you know, like yeah. that, that's what shit is now is like everybody's trying to do digital looking paintings. But like back in the day, you did that kind of painting because it was dope. And then everybody that makes digital shit was just trying to figure out how to make
0: it you know digitally but like you know like that was real shit yeah because honestly like and and i said this in one of your comments you were the first person i ever seen do bevel. and that
1: comes from scenery that's because i was doing uh from airbrushing like learning how to bevel stuff with airbrushing and Mm -hmm. then and then doing scenery i was painting all kinds of like like uh like if you imagine like uh like Muka, like art nouveau swirls the, yes. so you take you take, a, you take like these pvc fucking they, they call them wings in in the stage industry wings are 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 the flats so flats are like the the walls and wings are the walls at the side of the stage and, and uh so okay. we would have these wings of particular of a particular stage show and those wings were table routed pvc so it was like this ornate filigree line work Uh, cut out of PVC. And then my job was to airbrush it like it was beveled. So you want to make it look like it's got a faux peak. Uh, so, so I was learning Mm -hmm. how to bevel this like filigree. And then, so then I was like, well, I'll just do that to a whole damn, instead of being like a one inch wide faux beveled piece of plastic, like I'm going to do that on like a four foot wide letter. And then, so basically I was just taking that, that automotive theater style beveling to graffiti and like I remember that too I love doing my bevels I still do but it is funny how like a bootleg bevel became super popular about fucking two years after
0: that you know Dude, and, and you know what's funny is Every time I see niggas rock yeah. that shit, I was like, dude, they got that right. yeah. like that. I hate to say it, but like, it was so long yeah. ago. Yeah. Nah, man, you
1: know what I'm saying? It like, was nah. long ago, man. Like you look at stuff like that when me and Mines, right? Me, Mines, typo that wall. We,
0: yep. That wall, yep. typo! yeah. Typo. We
1: did that shit in, in Indy at one of the subsurface jams. Uh, that Midwest concrete wall. Like, we we all did mm-hmm. we all did scripted bevels. And, and uh, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't, I mean, that's, that's like the toot my own horn type shit, but, like, I think that was the best bevel shit to happen at the time, you know, and, like, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, like, we, we were on that bevel shit, and that, that was probably, like, oh five oh six, you know? Yep.
0: Yeah. But here's the tightest. Hey, you guys, let me tell you a story about Danny. And this was like an experience I had because I got a few stories and I want to save some, but this is where I'm going to let out the tuck. um Subsurface 2007, I believe. Right. So I'm like, it's this Subsurface for those who don't know. It's a graffiti jam that was put on by the Fab Crew. Shout outs to Sack and cents Sense. Um, and like everybody in their mama came right so like if you could picture just like a a jam where it's all of these different spots all around Indianapolis and different, you know, groups of people have different slots. Well, at this point, I was painting with Vel... It was me, Velcro, and Choke, and we were on this back wall, and there was a front wall, like, the there's, like, it's kind of like there's... We call it the good wall. So, on the good wall, it was like, Sack and Sixth Sense were already painting this big old underwater production, and Sack was doing all of the background, so he did all this coral reefing and all this crazy shit, and then Sixth since he had painted like this, um, what he, he like a treasure, a yeah, treasure yep. box that was open, right? So I'm up there just like looking at what they're doing, and, and Gamble pulls up, right? He pulls up, uh, so <laughs> then he gets out, he walks up to fucking to sense, and he's like, and this was the gangsterish shit I've ever seen in my life. Danny walks up and he says, so what we doing? Yeah, <laughs> right? he just says. So what we doing? And then sense gives him this piece of paper, and I didn't see what was on the piece of paper. And Daddy was just like, "All right, right." So he just says, "All right." And then I go back to painting, and I come back, and then Gamble did this piece. Oh my God! It was like an angler yeah. fish, and it had its G. He had the G. Yeah. Like it was. Oh my God! <laughs> Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah yeah, it was all fish themed pieces, yeah, sense did like an eel, and uh and yeah, I did the angler fish, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah, that was one of those things, I mean, and like I, you know I'm sure you and i we I know we clown on the d m s about freestyle rapping back in the day, fucking uh that that uh <laughs> that whole thing, like walk going, going and being like, what are we doing? And then have having your dude mm-hmm. be like, well, we're all going to make our pieces out of fish. And then it's like, it's mm-hmm. like, all right, you know, that that's like, uh, that's the good old days of, of, dope graffiti. Cause like, uh, graffiti used to be freestyle rapping with, with paint, you know, like how, how, how much can you burn Ooh. the next guy with it? unwritten? like, I'm going mm-hmm. to show up to the yep. wall here, you know, here's your colors. Here's your, here's your concept. Now, you know, go. And then, you know, that's the whole thing like that's that's always been my thought is like you know you got to be able to burn the next guy with the same backpack of paint like every if everybody has the same tools you got to be the best with that batch like you know if we're gonna throw in some tape then you know now now you just now you just you know fuck yourself because i'll burn you with tape you know like if you if you know if you're gonna use tape i'm gonna use tape if you're gonna use three colors i'm gonna use three colors like if you know if it's a two-color game it's a two-color game and like I don't know. Like I learned that from like I say, like the tits crew guys just being able to burn us. Like there were, me and my, my dude Salem OFA out there in Seattle. Uh, you know, uh, we were joking about battling, and I know I'm not as good as him, especially like in like '96. You know, he's like he's like Man, he said he was talking about something about battling somebody, and I was like, dude, I'll battle you, like I, I could just because honestly, I just wanted to paint with him. So we 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 did a battle mm-hmm. down there at, at the Dookie Yard in Seattle. On uh, yeah, oh shit, shout yeah. out to the yep. Dookie Yard. We we went down there and we painted a wall in the Dookie Yard instead of a train as a, ba- as, as, a, <laughs> as, a as a battle, and uh, and of course he fucking roasted me but it's like i'm just like oh well i don't care i'm painting with the like this like og fucking ofa guy like like i'll I'll be i'll happily get murdered by this dude like he was like the style he was the style master amongst our people like uh so Mm -hmm. like uh but yeah it's like you know i always wanted to do that i always wanted to learn how to you know burn somebody with the same shit like because if you if you keep all your tools a secret then of course like right now there's a attention getter out of detroit she does like photography of like dope of real graph and yeah, she yeah. messaging me over the past day or two she's like hey i'm gonna do like a paper battle do you want to be in it? and i was like all right so basically she's just saying like i'm gonna hit up some people and if they want to battle on paper like pencils and sharpies only uh you know do you want to do it i'm like yeah you know and like i can tell you right now i might lose that because it's detroit and there's some fucking you know i'm sure she's got a network of like probably the fucking elite uh potential potentially mm-hmm. but like i i think if i lose in that like I'm only going to lose to somebody who's like truly dope. So like, uh, but I plan on taking it, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make the most mm-hmm. pencil and Sharpie and I'm going to try to take it. Uh, but, uh, mm-hmm. but if they said pencil and Sharpie, or if they said, you know, procreate, i like, okay. You know, if they, if she said, you know um, you know, it's gotta be cardboard one-liners uh, with a Sharpie uh, then. Uh, okay. Like, like what that that's the goal, you know, that's the mission is like uh, always try to, you know, be able to basically, you know, do the best with what you got, like, deal, you know, play with the hand you're dealt, you know, and like, that's that kind of mentality that like right now with everybody being locked down, you know, is to be embraced, like, okay, like, quit your bitching, like,
0: what cards are you playing with, like, fucking make the most of it, you know? Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting is I, when when I hear the things that you're saying, I, I think a lot of the stuff resonates with me. And I wonder, because there's like this hyper competitive uh, mindset that people who have come through exactly. the graffiti uh, atmosphere just, yeah. we just have it. And I feel like artists who are classically right. trained and don't have that experience, they don't have that hyper competitive. 100%, 100%. Like, yeah, man. Um, it's just like, you, I don't know if it, It's one of those things where, you know, fuck it, Danny, it's just, it's kind of crazy because at the end of the day, I I hear all of these things that you've, you went through, like, and then you use those tricks on, on graffiti. So how important do you feel like it is to study other forms of art and... Um, or is that important? I think in, it, in I think
1: it is important because that that's back to that Musashi 5 rings stuff. Like if you cuz his whole thing, Musashi's deal was he was like, you know, he has gone down in the history books as like the only undefeated, you know, swordsman and like he basically was undefeated until yep. the day he died. And um uh the 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 way he, you know, what he, the way he wrote like in his memoirs that is the 5 rings like he talks about how basically the idea of cross-training, because if everybody, if everybody in your discipline is trying to be the best at that fucking discipline, like they're all, no matter how deep they get into sword strikes only and the most, the most efficient a to B stabbing motion or swiping or defense move, like the guy who on the side sometimes bakes the baker has like different muscles in his arms from kneading dough and 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 ripping up mm-hmm. plants and kneading the dough and 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 doing like a particular kind of squat to put the fucking thing in the oven or on the fire or cutting down the wood to make the fire like that dude has new muscles and new movements that somebody who only studies swords doesn't even have so in the in the in the heat of battle The dude who's who has studied all those sword strokes and knows how to do this squat and axe throw like that axe throw movement might be the the game changer in the sword fight against the equal swordsman so like and then also poetry and calligraphy and watercolor like the gentleness of what like why are so many why is so much japanese art watercolor paintings by samurais because like when when they meditate on life and death and do a soft gentle walk Watercolor stroke like while they're meditating on my next movement might be my life or death like that mental game could be the game changer against another guy who only focuses on how to kill the best like like so that's like the Musashi world of cross training, but like in what we do, you know, I've always compared spray painting. With sword fighting, because your footwork matters, like your body mechanics matter, like to get to pull to pull that mm-hmm. to pull a seven foot long calligraphic thing. Is that mine? My bad. Um, to, to pull, like, a, a calligraphy line, um, you know, across your body from, from the top right to the bottom left and take three steps with it and stay the same distance from the wall and scrape it to a point in one stroke, like, that's hard to do. It's hard to do for people that are good at it, but mm-hmm. it takes, like, a lot of fucking practice, and, like, if you're, like, a, ju- a Japanese jujitsu or Japanese judo, like, practitioner, that – your teacher – is doing a thousand sword sword strokes a day in between grappling classes. You know, he's practicing his sword strokes. So mm-hmm. like, that's the same shit with us. Like, like you gotta practice your sword strokes and like, so that when you do step to something and you strike it, like one, you know, bam. The hand style is like a one liner strike. You know, like you're doing a little, you're doing like a mm-hmm. Benicio del Toro and Hunted knife move. You're doing like one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, <laughs> why, why didn't you answer my letters, LT? <laughs> <laughs> letters, One, two, three, four, five, six. like like oh. like uh that you know that's 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 like swordsmanship practice like uh um but in that movie in the hunted tommy lee jones is able to beat him because he did teach him all those sword strokes but del toro only practiced the sword strokes but but tommy lee was practicing like meditation and writing and philosophy at the same time so his you know his philosophy studies were able to defeat benicio's potentially superior athletic swordsmanship you know what i mean like like so it's that that cross training is like what what you know that that's what you know that's another thing i what is the book uh in the book the war of art right um he he talks about like the muses and creativity and like basically you know just like i talk about mastery there's no life hack it's all hours and practice and intent you have to put intent to what you give a shit about to become fucking fluent at it like there's no trick there's no life hack there's no god-given fucking thing you just fucking give it attention or you don't and (laughs) in, in that uh in that, like, I I lost myself now, but it's that cross-training shit, like, it's the same kind of thing, Mm like, uh, uh, it, it, every oh yeah the creativity war of art the muses there's actually no yeah. such thing as creativity what creativity is is the novel combination of two pre-existing things and like what i try to do is i try to put three pre-existing things together and then that makes it especially novel like creativity is really just mm-hmm. the recognition of the novel uh so like you you take two you take two or three things that already exist and you put them together in a in a previously unmatched way and then people say that's create that's creativity but like nothing is creative everything is fundamentals and you take different fundamentals you put them together and then people call that creativity you know
0: Mm, yeah, that's I, I would have to. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board with you, you preaching yeah. to the choir. And, and to piggyback off of your point, um, I'm currently reading this book um, called It's a It's a Landscape Painting Book. And and the author Ken Salaz says an artist must have um, uh, artist must have the mind of a philosopher, the heart of a poet, the hands of a surgeon, and the oh, eye yeah. of an eagle. That's straight Musashi type shit for real.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah man well and yeah go ahead yeah well and you know it, so we're, we're we're heavy on the the philosophy yeah. part right now of graffiti i I, I want to kind of make a, a, a good detour because we're, we're yeah. deep into it and i wanted to see um two questions number one walls or freights yeah walls or freights uh I don't
1: knock either. Uh, me personally, this this day and age, walls. I I I do I do have the okay. itch for the freights, and I want to go do that. But honestly, like uh, quality time with my lady, my kid, my animals, uh, keeping my expensive ass overhead uh, slightly slightly afloat. Mm-hmm. Like that just that's you know I, I can't I can't break loose too much. You know that's so uh, I'm just kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. So by default, I have to say walls. Mhm.
0: Yeah. Okay. So. There's so since you you went in that direction, I do want to take a tangent and then talk about a little because you talked about fatherhood, yeah. being a dad. How did how did becoming a dad and how did fatherhood change your art and your approach? Yeah, man,
1: uh, fuck. Um, you know, uh, I, I've always wanted to be a good dad. You know, um, like people talk about Mm -hmm. breaking cycles. Like you either let's just like I talk about what you want to do. Like people like, you know, people can I I didn't grow up in like super shitty conditions or anything, but but I I lived with less. And, uh, um, you know, people talk about, like I say, want to do and and actually do. You know, a lot of people that grow up in real bad situations, they say, well, I'm never going to put my kid through that. And then they just never they never fucking cognitively logically make sure they don't. They just they just go with the flow and end up doing the exact same fucking thing. So uh uh I, I've mm-hmm. always I mean from the from a young age um I've always thought if I'm gonna be a if I'm gonna have kids I want to have a girl because because I want to create a woman, right? Like um I don't want to just like have a, a kid who happens to be a girl or have a boy that happens to you know, have a kid who happens to be a boy. Like if I had a boy, I'd want to make him like a good man, but I I feel like that's, so what, like, what does that do? But I, I like better the idea of having a girl because just like my fascination with girls from when I could pay attention to them, I always, I always recognized that, uh, um, you know, when you're 14 and you're just driven by hormones and impulse control, like your fellow 14 year old girls are your victims. They're your prey. They're your challenge. They're what you're trying to get. You're trying to get a quick fix with. But when when you're 14 Mm -hmm. and you meet a 14 year old woman, a girl who has a good communication with her dad, she has like self-esteem. She has, you know, like good, uh, you know, thoughts to herself and for herself, a good family, um, like those are the girls you you fall in love with. Those are your first loves. Those are the ones where you're like, oh man, I love her so much. Like, why can't I have her? Well, you can't have her because you're a fucking shithead with no fucking head on your shoulders, right? Like, like <laughs> but so, so you're going, you know, you're going down the street to fucking I don't know. We'll make up a name, like Karen. So say, instead of like, you know, you love fucking Stephanie. I'm just making these names up, right? But like, you love Stephanie because mm-hmm. she like has a good relationship, even if she doesn't have a dad. She has a single mom. Who's fucking very involved in her life and they have good communication and you know they have sex ed and drug ed and and conversations about things that matter in their home. So you love that girl because she's fucking smart. But but you're gonna go finger Karen and and give her fucking wine, you know, wine coolers and smoke bad weed out of a fucking apple and, and, and you're gonna you're gonna finger <laughs> that girl and and you, and, well, are you sound like you're describing dude. And you're either the girl or the guy <laughs> in the scenario. And you're either the girl that's loved, or the girl that got fingered. And you're either the you're either the guy that you know successfully did your finger missions, or you or you you know what I mean? Like 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 it, That's just that's just life in America in '92, man. Oh God. <laughs> but yeah, I was I always wanted to raise a woman. I always said that. I, I like like from the time my kid was in the belly, I I said. I don't want to have a 30-year-old girl. I want to have a 14-year-old woman. and uh, and, uh, and mm. But that's because I was around 14-year-old girls and women, and I've been around 30-year-old girls and women. And there's, you know, as much as, like, the feminine culture of society these days talks about all these man-children and these, like, immature fucking dudes, and I talk myself up to being a man-child. I'm a professional graffiti artist. Like, I might as well be a fucking DJ. Like, like, uh,
0: but... <laughs> Yeah. Don't yeah. do that to yourself. No, shout out. Yeah, to the yeah. <laughs> but like, don't like, no, I'm saying like behind
1: the scenes, I'm trying to be a fucking, a fucking intellectual man behind the scenes. Right. And I, and I want my kid to be a woman at a young age. Like, 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 uh, that's, that's a mental state. Like, like, there's tons of like, like, you know, you're not allowed to talk bad about women, but there's a lot of 30 year old girls and uh, demanding demanding mm-hmm. the demands that a woman would make without the image of self of a woman they 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 behave as girls and there's a lot of men who behave as boys in the body of a man like so like i want to make sure that whoever i'm responsible for manifesting into the society is a fucking woman not a girl you know getting all getting all the cake but not get not not taking on the responsibilities of you know what she needs to do to be the best person she can be, you know. But yeah, so so you you asked mm-hmm. me that question. because You asked me how does that affect my art? Basically, I you know it, it you know it's a lifestyle process, so n- nobody's ever a master of it. But I want to be the I, the way it affects me is I want to be the best person possible that I can be because certain influences you make on other people are conscious and certain are are unconscious. So like I want to consciously present and manifest and create my life in ways that shows her a good example consciously and unconsciously so that would that just by default would fall into my art stuff you know so it probably makes me like more professional um uh or more driven to like do right uh as possible you know
0: yep hmm yeah man that's shit that yeah we kind of <laughs> went in that but I, it, it it's like it really so it really was like a rocket fuel like you have to re-examine and be like man let me crit cr- cr-. even though i'm already in the in the league and and i'm yeah. I, i'm on my way like there's things that i can yeah. refine there's there's you know certain aspects right of right it's like it's like if you're a
1: baseball player like like being being single or not having a kid is like being a really good baseball player in the minor league like you could be the all-star of the year minor league player but as soon as you have a kid now you're like first year on the bench you know third string fucking baseman like like now you need to like you have a whole new fucking ladder to climb um because like it turns out the minors mm-hmm. ain't shit and that like the minors are like people that don't have kids that are like i love my dog like a kid all that kind of stuff like you're just an all-star mm-hmm. minor leaguer like like you might be doing great but like you're not you're not in the fucking you're not in the game where it fucking matters like where like you know uh like louis ck talks about like his kids being picky eaters and he's like He's like, you need to eat this. They know I have you. <laughs> you know, like, like, like you're a <laughs> Like, they know you exist. You have to eat this. But like, in the minor leagues, like somebody's a picky eater, or your dog doesn't want to eat your like spaghetti you threw in the bowl. It's like, so what? But like, dogs aren't kids. You know, like, uh, so that, that's that minor mm-hmm. major league difference. Yep. <laughs> but now, real shit.
0: Now Talks I take steroids like- and fuck Madonna. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes <laughs> levels there's yeah, levels to the game <laughs> yeah, <laughs> higher <exactly>. level <laughs> oh man great stuff yeah you and you know uh i want to tell all the folks the thing about you and we you touched on it earlier on was you were kind of infamous for uh, for having <laughs> yeah. a dog yeah. like it was like yeah. gamble yeah. and mugs right gamble and mugs it was like and and you even posted a picture the other day. Yep. There was a ninja, and it was like yep. you, and then that was 100%. Mugs with, yep. with you. So, so, for those who don't know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the story. Get it, get and it. <laughs> and okay, so no, but this is like because remember you had two dogs. You had Mugs and you had Shorty. Yep, yep. You're right. Mugs and Shorty. You had yep. Mugs and you had Shorty. So there was this time you had Mugs and you had Shorty. You lived in a house with Etch and Devor. Shout outs to Etch and Devor. Right. So for those who don't know, and, and I didn't even really realize that, you know, you were doing scenery and stuff like that. But on the inside of your house, you would did a bunch of electrical boxes and, and things like that, mechanical shit. that was all like these pink and grays. And I'll never forget. It was insane. And you also did a sick ass uh, Kramer. Oh, well, I, Remember that? it. W-
1: yeah, it was that uh did was you paint that like a Kramer that, or something? That classic toaster, but yeah, I did a gamble piece on like on the Kramer poster. It's like the poster that looks like it's in a gold frame. But yeah. Gotcha. It's kinda, yeah, kinda like how people used to paint the bus stop posters. Gotcha. I, I I I painted like household posters and, and put pieces on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. So we, we go down there and we're just like we went down there to paint or whatever, okay. and you had to go out of town. So, you go out of town, and we wake up the next morning, and yep. the worst thing that could ever yep, happen, yep, yep. imaginable, happened, right? Yeah, in So, we right? wake up, and Shorty had passed I away. Think. But, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Dude, everyone freaked out. Everyone freaked out, because it's like, Danny's gone. And, and for me, you guys, like, I, I felt like, okay, we got to figure this out, because right. Danny's about yeah. to come back with a machete and hack us yeah. all up. <laughs> So it was one of those things where it was a real and, and you yep, yep. It, you yep. love your you love your dogs yeah. you know what I'm saying and it was just crazy because it was like Mugs was still straight and yeah. then Shorty just yeah she boom, didn't even no I mean, know whatever. I mean nowadays like, you probably what find
1: out it's probably like parvo or something probably some I don't know what the heartworms or it's probably it's probably mm-hmm. one of the things they get shots for that she didn't have or something mm-hmm. yeah yep.
0: Yeah, man, and that shit was like a. Right. That was like you lost a crew member. Like we lost a crew member, you know, because we went out there and then just had yep. a dope time painting, and then just boom, you know, after that, and then that shit was like. So then there was that, and and then I'm trying to like, you you know um, there okay. So I I wanted to save this story, uh, for your podcast, but yep. we're gonna tell it because like we're we're torn the the tail end. So we had this. Um, you posted some pictures, and one gotcha. was from the yep. air quote yep. NUA Jam, right? So, we had so the, for those who don't know, me, Danny, and there's a bunch of guests that have been on this podcast okay. that are from yep. the NUA Academy, we'll say. Um, but uh, so there was a jam, and it was like Fucking everybody came up from Ohio. People came in from Seattle. Carl flew in from Nebraska. And we all, basically, I, came with I heist think Danny trust. came later in yeah. the day, but, like... Uh, I think. Okay, well, but, so, yeah, but the heist didn't, because yep. I remember, because yep. heist had to pull yep. that cart at Hobby Lobby, right? So, he comes over to Danny's, okay, and and yeah. I remember we were bumping Brother to, Lynch. And <laughs> right? of so, me and Chris were bumping Brother Lynch. Just, yeah, we are <laughs> So we go to Hobby Lobby, and then Heist comes out with a cart, and I was just like, "Damn, this fool's name is Heist!" Like, oh, some real shit. So, so it was like you. It was like you. No, Heist was on the left. It was you in the middle. I think, and then um, Trust may have been on the right on that particular wall. So, and I was okay, painting yep. on the backside with like all the UPS guys. Cause this was like during the time where we got put down with UPS. There was yeah, like an, yep. they came and then they made an Indianapolis chapter. So Heist comes back <laughs> and he looks at my piece, and I was painting this big, huge, <laughs> like I, it shouldn't have been that big. I was like, yeah, my my yeah. eyes were bigger than my stomach on this one. And he said, "Yeah." He said, "Why is it taking you so long?" And I said, "Man, I'm out here yeah. working." He said, "Yeah, that's because you listen to all that, Brother Lynch." Yeah. He
1: was a, he was good at busting people's balls for
0: sure. And I just. And I just had to like I couldn't say shit because you guys were all done Hell and yeah. your shit was fresh, man. Yeah, like you know, it. that yeah. shit was fucking dope. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Fucking heist. Yeah. Rest in peace, heist. One. He man. would he'd
1: be he'd be throwing lasers at people these days. Oh yeah, right? man. Like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw some of his shared the other day and yep. like, uh, it's like a faded piece on that heist heist underscore T uh Instagram page. Somebody somebody put post- absolutely and, okay. uh, both of those yeah, guys. yeah rest in peace i mean that's that's all my shit is you know all my shit is just those guys um but um uh fucking uh but yeah mm. there was a, a heist like chipped away faded piece on an auto rack that's still like a like if that shit was fresh right now like that'd be a dope freight right now like that, you know that was 15 mm-hmm. years ago um and it, it's still better yep. than like a lot of the, you know just fat cap straight letter blown out shit that people paint twenty times as big nowadays. Like um, you know, and he just did it a regular size and it's just just fucking fresh style, you know. Sorry about your luck, but this shit doesn't have to be big to be dope, you know? Like like uh just it just has to be dope, period. Like, yeah, but like that that piece that got shared the other day, I was like, fuck man, like that's still a crucial fucking banger, like just so good.
0: Hella Hella, yeah. man! Yeah, and, yeah. Every and Sunday, Heist was, he, was yep. like Sundays, every yep. he was doing like end to end, end every week. I remember he said that. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Damn, man! Crazy shit, crazy shit. So, okay, so you know, we've talked. A, uh, we 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 really this is like all on some memory lane shit. Yep. We're not even to what you're doing currently. <sighs> Um so yeah, man, there's and you know, listening to your podcast, Danny, because right. I'm I'm a fan of All City, I'm not gonna front. Um there's a okay. it, it was one episode I where get you that had a me lot. feeling I get that away. A like you tell me like, man, I feel like you're talking about me. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was like you were talking about the fine artist versus the commercial artist, right? And, dude, I was just like, oh my God, because I've been, it's, it is, dude, it's a fucking mission over here on the side. My statement about that, that comes
1: from, like knowing friends of mine that, like, you know, from the time they're in high school and then they go into college and they're trying to decide if they want to be, if they want to go into like studio fine art or if they're going to go to like a commercial art, animation, you know, graphic design, trade school type thing. And, um, and that, like, you know, they ask, like, you know, like, man, I can't mm-hmm. decide if I'm going to, if I'm going to do this, uh, you know, trade school, if I should do like the studio art and, and, and like, you know, I, I gave my friend advice and then that just advice just stuck with me to tell people cause it's a good summary, but fine art is painting what you want, hoping someone wants it and commercial art is being able to paint what someone wants. So in terms of, you know, they call it commercial art because the root word is commerce. You're going to, if your goal is to do art for commerce, then you should be able to paint what other people want because if you do fine art and expect to make a living, like, you know, they talk about like this, like the stats on this fucking illness that's going around right now, you know, it's like one out of a thousand people that catch it are going to die. Like fine mm-hmm. art is like one out of a million people are, are going to buy it. So like, like uh uh commercial art is like, you know, mm-hmm. people have conversations all the time. Like, man, I want somebody to do this for me, or they have an idea in their head. Like I want a dog eating a hot dog, you know, on the side of this building. And like, If unless you're the fine artist Mm -hmm. that paints dogs eating hot dogs like like you might get that one job ever that's you know but like it's such a crapshoot and like even like in the fine art world i don't knock it and i don't even get it a lot of like the real high-end you know contemporary arts you know crazy shit like i don't even get it but uh um you have to be like learned to understand it but like commercial art like you know if your job is to fucking pay your rent and eat like you know that's that's What you got to do. So like, you know, I, I really just... You know, I I focus on trying to provide what people want because I don't want to fucking have a job. I don't want to have a job, what I call getting paid to be present. Like anytime you get paid by the hour, you're just being paid to be present. Like you don't matter. Like if you fucking don't show up, it's like, you know, bad for you because you no called, no show. Now you don't have a good reference and shit. But it's like, like just because you weren't fucking present, like your whole value is your presence, period. Like, like, like nothing about you is special. Like, you know, I want to, you know, you know in, in a way my job is being paid to be present like just because i need to provide what they want when they need it but like you know it, it, it at least it has a, a modicum of fucking value like there's you know it's you know and and it's practice man like i talk about that sword sc- sword craft shit like it's just practice like everything you know real life is practice like it's just just try to do better like you know i i fail i fail all the fucking time i'm months and years late sometimes on getting jobs done like uh but like uh but so what man? Like, like, uh, fuck man. Like you, you aren't going to catch me fucking being geek squad, you know, like I'm, I'm going to fucking, uh, you know, st- a lot of times starving artists is a fucking mm-hmm. choice to starve. Like if you put, if you put your effort into just like, okay, maybe your goal should be not starving. So, you know, if that's really what you want, fucking act like it and put in effort and you know, it, it all like my advice to my kid, you know, is like, anytime there's a problem, like chances are, anytime you have a, comment or a concern and you're like i don't know how i'm gonna this or that well my my number one solution is focus and use your muscles like almost every every solution is focus and use your muscles like i can't open this thing well focus on it and use your muscles like you know uh i can't i can't figure out how to get through this situation well focus yeah. on it and use your muscles like like just it, it, because the, what that is is effort solves problems mm-hmm. so like um uh, like I have friends that have crazy fucking life situations And like like I just broke up with this guy And I don't know what I'm gonna do And it's like well put in effort You know effort is Effort if you did the math the equation is Focusing and using your muscles Equals effort like effort Solves problems period whatever your fucking problem is Put in some fucking effort like what are you talking about Just Put in <laughs> some fucking effort I don't know that yeah, anyway. yep. um, But yeah so like basically Commercial art is the putting in effort of being an artist and surviving like if you want to survive doing your passion or your craft you got to put in effort to survive so uh you know and commercial art just you know gives you more opportunities to be asked for your effort than fine art fine art is putting your in your effort and hoping somebody has that problem you know uh so yeah yep yep
0: yep Definitely. It, it, well, and it's good to hear they no, you it, spit that over here right. for for the listeners on this side, and, and we appreciate that. You know, one common one common issue that that I run into, and it's good that we're talking, so you can kind of I can bounce this off of you, is you know, for me because you're like it, it's funny because yeah. you're like well. It's you're doing what you want to do, right? And, and in the back of my yeah. mind, I'm like, well, I put all this effort into graffiti. It Should I do murals, yeah. like all of these people are doing? Yeah, you should do murals, yeah. you know. Um, but it's just making the leap to like, right. you know, doing totally. a free one, doing a few free ones yeah. to get a portfolio yeah. and then, going, you know, the, like opportunity and knocking doing
1: type it. stuff too, like trying to be, be available for it to knock, you know, like, uh, and then try to make the most of it. Like you said, yeah, there is like, I mean Mm -hmm. that whole time I was in Seattle walking my dog and painting signs, like, you know, I might've been charging a hundred dollars or something for a sandwich board sign. And it's like not knowing that it's going to cost over a hundred dollars in reality to make this thing happen. Like not, not even thinking about what your rent costs during that two weeks and, yep. and how the hell are you going to get it, get it, get the four by eight to your house when you don't have a car and uh, oh shit, I need a saw. Uh, oh, I need a blade. Um, you know, I need my fucking phones on at the time. Like I need electricity, like all the shit that goes into pricing and stuff like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it takes time to like learn stuff. And like, I still, I'm always modifying that myself. Like I still feel like I don't get enough, sometimes you know money wise but but there's also things are only worth what people will pay and uh you know all that like it's a it's a it's a fucking 360 degrees of flux trying to figure shit out um but yeah for a long time yeah you mean you're doing you know Mm -hmm. like what i call craigslist jobs you know there's a lot of times when like you know the peak of what you can offer is somebody saying i was thinking 500 bucks like people say 500 bucks all the time like you know and uh um you know, when you're doing a lot of a lot of mom and pop or family gigs or little little, you know, crafty jobs for people, you know, sometimes 500 bucks is your ceiling. But like, yeah, like you said, like when you can get a collection, like maybe you do one or two things that are bigger than that, and uh, you know, just try to push the shit out of that, you know. And like, uh, you know, when when I started my thing, higher level art in 2008 is when I went official. Um, you know, people would ask. Number one, I would take whatever. I could get. And as I, as I accrued guys onto my team to work with me, you know, mm-hmm. people would come to us like in an interview, like for the news or something. And they'd be like, so, um, you know, so you guys are the graffiti guys, you know, cause whatever jobs they saw were very graffiti driven. And I would always tell my guys, you know, if they say, you're the graffiti guys, you say yes. And if they say you're the sign painting guys, you say yes. If they say you're the pinstriping guys, you say yes, because it doesn't fucking matter what you think you are. Um, it's like that Eminem song where he talks about, you know, I am what you say I am like, that's true, man. Cause the, you know, everyone else in the world is not you. So, if the world has an opinion of who you are, or what you are, they're right because you're only one vote in that conversation and their vote is the one that's going to determine your path so if they say you're the graffiti guys, yeah, let them sell that story and hopefully we'll get some graffiti job calls off those people. If they think we're the guys who cut out wood signs for tattoo shops they're right, we're the wood shop tattoo guys you know, like you you, you let like right now we're also the roller skate rink, rink painting guys, you know, that's what we are right now like fine, yeah, fine, we're the guys to paint roller skating rinks like whatever you need <laughs> to you to have an opinion of whatever it is we do you're fucking right because you feeling right about that assessment means when you have a thought about who needs to paint a roller skating rink you're going to call us first you know like you, you don't you don't go out and yeah you just let, let other people determine and then you know over time you build all those collections and you know it's, it's just like That's, you know, that's just, that's how it goes, man. Like that's that, uh, we talk about that mastery shit, like, you know, you know, none of this shit came out of nowhere, you know, to to a new viewer, they say, oh shit, this stuff's dope. Like they came out of nowhere, but it's like, well, you know, you've been on this ride with me for 20 something years. Like, you know, it didn't come out of nowhere. Like it's like 20, 30 years deep of fucking the path, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. Yep, and I've, I've seen it, and it's like, but the thing is, is you've always operated, Word. like, in the spirit of excellence. And, and the huh. thing is, is like, if you were a rapper, you, oh, you know who hell you would yeah, be? dude, that's dope. Black Thought. <laughs> because here, Here's the thing is there's a point Like in Black Thought's verse where he oh, Realizes shit. that he's better than everybody He's wha- rapping around and you Can hear it and so like when you're painting There's this point where you realize Like yo Hell I'm about yeah. to really I'm about to really Word. flex on These Word. fools well, and that comes so from being flexed on man. man
1: I guarantee you Black Thought Got bodied in freestyle Raps when he was like 15 you know and that Made him fucking made him read a rhyming Dictionary and fucking listen mm-hmm. to some four Counts you know <laughs> <laughs> Yo, do you ever see that uh oh, what was it? Man. was it graffiti tv Sorry. back in the day uh. Uh, the philadelphia fucking vhs tape when uh, espos painting the Espo piece and um, you got black thought and Questlove behind him and they're like interviewing and uh, and then so like uh, quest just starts like just like kicking a beat you know beatboxing and uh, and pointing so he's pointing at stuff for espo uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and like he so he's pointing you know and he's like uh you know, uh, as he's as he's hitting the beat, he points at you know Espo and like Black Thought's like Steve, Steve, that's my nigga Steve, and he starts going off on some shit. And then he like points at the he points at the can, he points at the can that he's spray paint with, and he's like he's like uh he's like the can of paint. I see that can of paint, it's blue. What you gonna do? And he starts like just like you know, it's like that the classic freestyle shit. But like I like what you said there because uh I mean that's that would definitely be like a role model because that's what I mean about like you know being able to battle out of a backpack like if you guys have the same fucking backpack like you gotta roast with that so like you know in that situation he's only rapping on what he's what's being pointed and that's like you know that's you know that's what i've always said is that like uh you know Mm -hmm. your 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 tools are your words and your piece is your paragraph like you know so you you can only you know just make the most of what you got so it's like visual writing you know and it is like rap you know like you got to it's dropping lines and shit you know bars letters got bars <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> right facts facts uh so my, my dude, dude suga
1: you know, sh uh he runs a steadfast tattoo. Um, oh, Matt. Okay. When, uh, the droids crew had a reunion in Cincinnati, um, uh, they were all h- hanging out at Timber's house, and a lot of those guys are my guys. We have all the overlapping crews and stuff, and. Uh, uh, and just hanging out mm-hmm. there, I got a tattoo from him. Um, I, w- I wanted some like uh, like my my uh, my last name, my family name. Uh, the the family crest has roosters in it, and um, so mm-hmm. so I figured I'd run with some rooster stuff. So nice. I got this like rooster shoulder cap piece from him, and then in talking about that. You know, he, he, we were talking about sign painting and all this other stuff. And then I went up and painted signs at his shop at Ink Assassins in Erie, Pennsylvania. And then, um, uh, during that sign painting and then talking about maybe we should turn this shoulder piece into a sleeve, uh, we, we started developing that. And then he, basically uh, at the time he was like saying he had had such bad experiences with apprentices. He's never going to do one again. um, Especially if they came to ask him for it. And, uh, uh, but he's like, he's like, man, I said, I'd never do this. But like, if you, if you'd be interested, man, I'd, you know, you could, I would apprentice you if you want to get into this. And he had compassion because he saw the art struggle. He's like, he's like, you put in way too much work for what you get out of it. Like, you know, you don't make enough, you don't make what you're worth at all. You make about 10% Mm -hmm. of what your actual contribution, is so like you you should do this job because we get paid better for, for less and and if you're really good you'll fucking do great at it you know yeah yeah Which, no you're good so
0: okay
1: at the time up there to erie and we i did about two years of a, of a classic traditional apprenticeship with them like make your own needles you know uh uh all the ins and outs of a machine um like ton, tons of uh tons of like Honestly, like old Mm -hmm. school stuff that like you'd never find on the internet, like different exercises and methods to practicing like whip shading and stuff and uh, like references and and resources that like just, you know, would never be sold in a catalog or on a dot com. Um, So real, real shit, man. And then uh, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really like that a lot. And the shop that I apprenticed at was super busy. Like just constant banging. So in terms of practice, it was really good. But then I got, um, I got some phone calls and I was not getting paid that whole time. I was only surviving on side job signs that I could do outside of the tattoo shop. Um, and, uh, but I got a phone call from vitamin water slash Coca-Cola for a national like wall painting campaign they wanted to do. And, and it would have been like a year's salary for like three months of work and traveling and painting. So, and I hadn't got paid in so long. I was like, man, like, that's, I should fucking do that, man. And he was saying, well, if you know, if you do that, you're kind of dropping the ball on this. And I'm like, dude, like, after all my years of doing this shit, this is the kind of call I've been waiting on. I need to go do this thing. So then I was, I dropped what I was doing, came back to Cincy to meet with the vitamin water people coming up with all these plans and about a week before they need to cut the check to get this thing going mm-hmm. uh, that entire department of coca-cola was terminated and dissolved and uh, and I was back in Cincinnati and I'm like god damn it so then uh, so then I just went you know went back to rocking this I tattooed for a little while at my friend's shop here in Cincy after that um, but because of the location the foot traffic was nothing um, and in when you're a fledgling tattooer you need to have constant traffic because you need to keep your skills up and like if you're not practicing and doing it all the time um Mm -hmm. you kind of go backwards and you you lose you Mm -hmm. lose good habits you develop bad ones um you know you you need to be tattooing all the time to just keep it keep it moving to get those hours in i was not getting hours in um Mm -hmm. i just i just maintained the, the painting thing and just went back to that harder than ever you know yeah, I did ask to be an apprentice in '99. My dude Salem OFA out there, and uh, um, and that's before like tattooing became what it is now. Um, like you know, I you know, I, I thought it was saturated. I thought it was a saturated industry in the '90s. You know, but um, but uh, so in '99, I did mm-hmm. approach him about an apprenticeship, and he he was just basically saying that like I just wasn't ready to take that on, and he might have been right, and then and he didn't want to do it and he didn't want to do an apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then literally down the street from his shop, uh, another place was opening up and they had me do like a, a burner on the back of their building. They're like, yeah, you should do some that graffiti back here. And I, I did that and they saw me painting and they were like, you should, you know, we want, we want you to apprentice with us. So, and I had a, I had a meeting with them with all the, the owners and the people and they're like, you're going to be his apprentice, you know, uh, we're going to set you up, you know, in about a year or two, you're going to be, you know, you'll be on your own. You'll work for us for a couple of years. And it was all set up to go, but, I, uh, so I, I so I so I would have been I would have started tattooing in '99 if I accepted that, but I didn't accept it because they were a block south of Salem's shop in the U District in Seattle, and I was like, I don't want to I don't want to get into this game mm. back during like my mentor, you know, um, like if, if I was gonna apprentice under anybody, it would have been with him, right? And, right. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to like yeah I don't want to backdoor him, so like so I passed up on that in '99. And, and then just, yeah, and then, you know, obviously everything else has happened since then. Yep.
0: Okay. So when is the last time someone has said <laughs> the, something uh, you did is well, toy let's see here?
1: Well, I think, uh, off the top of my head, um, in Columbus, there's a shop, um, my dude big meese works at now um so sacred hand is a shop but is that the one i think it's just high street tattoo high street tattoo in columbus ohio joey knuckles uh is like an old school you know hardcore white dude philly style you know roughneck dude uh he, he's 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 a he's a, he's a he's an og dude and uh <laughs> um and my dude meese big meese works at his shop and they they partnered together and they wanted a banner for their um uh for a tattoo uh um convention and uh so they wanted this like eight by ten banner and joey knuckles like i want you know art nouveau fucking sick as fuck you know this and that on it and uh so i did like this uh the classic phrase uh, actually out of columbus Stony carter is is a american traditional like uh pioneer as to one of Stony's quotes uh well he's got like he had a thing in his shop you know if if you don't be long don't be long that's a classic quote and uh and um as as uh was it as it's something like as as was it as timeless um ah fuck i can't remember the phrase on the top of my head but it's like as something as as yesterday as the past as modern as tomorrow um but i took those two phrases and i did this like you know i hand drew it in pencil uh um, on, on, on a banner and uh, a canvas banner, uh, the, the phrases I did, I did his, the name of the shop, high street tattoo, like hand drawn pencils and, and, and compasses, you know, like drawing out this art nouveau lettering. Um, I, I, I hand drew Mm -hmm. it two more times on the sandwich board sign. Like everything was handcrafted, no machines, no tools of any kind. Everything was just fucking, I I just wanted it to be as traditional. (laughs) Yeah. No projectors. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. No projectors. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Girl, no, what? No, what? No, no, yeah no photo totally shot, no photoshop posterization yeah fucking uh um yeah i just i did everything super <laughs> traditional and i i thought it was dope and uh and i delivered him his banner and like we unfold it in his living room and and he kind of just like shrugs his shoulders like all right well i mean not what i was thinking but you know okay i mean conventions in a couple days so you know okay and then uh and then in giving him the sandwich board sign too i feel like the same kind of response you know just kind of like shoulder shrug like ah. like i feel like he was politely saying this shit's gay as fuck like fucking toy sucker ass shit you know and like uh but it's like so i feel like in terms of being called a toy i think that's probably the the the, the, the most toy uh but at the same time, you know, I and I received I received it from him. I get it. You know, I, I was feeling what I was feeling what he's putting out, like his body language. But uh but at the same time, like I've done this shit long enough too where I'm just like you know, maybe we just don't get each other's game, because, like, you know, I guarantee you, if your competitor had that hand-drawn shit three times on three different scales, like, you know, you might say, like, that's really fucking dope, but, like, but when, you, when you're when you the owner of it, like, you're like, ah, eh, you know, and, mm-hmm. but, you know, in my head, I'm like, where the who the fuck else are you gonna go to? Like, who, what are you comparing this to that this is less than? Like, what, you know, because, like, even the people right. I see that do dope signs, like, it's like, yeah, that's a great sign, and that's a great letter style, but, That's off letterheads.com, you know, a forum I've been a member of since the fucking mid-90s. Like, you're just using, like, a tried-and-true font that's been designed by OG SignWriters 25 years ago. And even though this guy's painting it, and it's well done, like... It's not hand drawn. It's not created from the person you asked to create it. It's replicated by the person you asked to create it. You know, like like if I could have done that for you too, but I didn't want to give you uh, you know, it's like a tattooer giving you a BJ Betts script design. It's like, yeah, BJ Betts is like a name in like tattoo flash stuff, but like your dude didn't draw that, you know, like uh mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know. So yeah, I don't know. It's like uh right. but yeah, so in terms of toy Toy responses, I feel like that's probably the last time uh, I felt like I was being called a toy. Um, And I'm sure that's one of the things you got to take With the podcasting game too Mm -hmm. Is like you know there's a fucking hundred people That fucking come across that shit And they're like oh that sucker ass toy Like why has he got a podcast It's like I don't think I'm special to have one Like you know like you can get a mic and say all your shit But like I'm not you know like I don't think I'm particularly special But like I just Mm -hmm. have a feeling that like All the podcasts I listen to Are just people talking So like they're not special they're just people talking And other people want to hear people talking So I'll fucking throw my name in in the conversational hat and you know if, if you feel like i'm so fucking off base and go spend 200 bucks and make yourself a podcast you know like it, it's, it's, it's this isn't this isn't a beef game this is just people talking you know
0: make sure Hell you yeah. guys subscribe to the all yeah. podcast. and i
1: mean i might even, i might just take your Apple file off this thing and we'll do a swap cast i'll, <laughs> I'll put you out here on, on my end and we'll do it yeah, yeah. We'll
0: have okay. Art and BS and podcast however you want to do city. it, man. I'm I'm with it. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> see, see, this is, this is levels, higher levels to this thing. Exactly. Man. But see, still sharp and still day, yeah. And that's why you got to be around the upper echelon yeah. of people. So you can get those sort of ideas, you know, and it's really good talking to you to kind of, you know, see how, how you view things and how you work through everything, because everybody handles adversity, you know, and it's like, okay, well, what you're saying is, is, Think yeah. about it. Use Any your muscles. Of a problem. Use your effort brain. Use your mu- Focus. Like when use you your find muscles.
1: yourself saying, "How does this work? How am I gonna? Whatever. I this is too hard." It's like, well, would applying more effort and focusing, using your muscles, fix it? Probably, you know. But but it's uncomfortable to flex. It's uncomfortable to not sit mm-hmm. down. It's uncomfortable to walk and push something hard. You know, like it's not comfortable, so it seems difficult. But it's effort yep. solves fucking problems. Yep mm-hmm
0: so out of all of the things that you've done what would you say are the two pieces of art um, that you're most proud of
1: let me think about that for a second most proud of um let's see here i know on on one on a, on a friend of mine's podcast i but they were asking a similar question and I think it is one of my favorite things, even though it's super simple. Um, there's like a mall complex here in Cincinnati called Newport on the levee. And, uh, um, it just sits right on the river. You know, there's like an aquarium mm-hmm. an OmniMax theater, AMC, you know, uh, like journeys and all those, all those mall stores used to be in there. Five guys, burgers, uh, bowling alley. There's, it's a mall complex on the river, like a tourist mm-hmm. attraction. And, uh, um, when they got new owners a couple of years ago, they asked me to do the side of the place, the lettering. I was able to, I was able to combine the lettering job with the wall painting mm-hmm. itself. So instead of having a separate contractor, paint the wall white, um, I have a friend who does that for a living. So we partnered up, I was able to get him a good price. Um. But so that's like you know an eighty-five foot boom lift, uh, paint the wall white. It's big as shit. Um, I think the the logo I think is like it's like uh, I want to say like nineteen or twenty feet tall by like eighty feet long. It's just it's just perfect. Like sort of like time if you imagine Times mm. New Roman okay. font. It's that it's that type of thing with like really long skinny serifs, yep. and the lettering is like if you imagine like the New York Times newspaper heading the lettering is that that sharp and and straight but Mm -hmm. the wall is like this textured cinder block with like six inch version up and down like six inch variability like up and down but from the street it looks flat but uh, when you're when you're painting Mm -hmm. it it's fucking bumpy and shit so that's one of the things i'm most proud of because it's up in the air on a lift. It's like a full commercial gig. I had to have major fucking insurance for it. But really what it is is a roller fill with a spray paint outline cuz it's a it's a wall it's wall it's white paint on the wall. It's the outline is done with Montana 94 black. With a straight edge, because I needed to have laser straight lines that no brush paint could ever. You'd have to, you'd have to imagine going up and down, like like in and out of these valleys with the fucking cutting brush, and 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 you, right? And you'd have to guess at what looks straight. That would eat up the bristles. Mountain range up there. So you know, I do the aerosol thing. I'm like, oh well, line of sight spraying with a straight edge with spray paint will will project the paint under this straight edge in a in a straight line to the viewer, optically straight is what I call it. So I I gave it optically straight edges Mm -hmm. uh, with spray paint all the way around. And then we went through with a nine inch roller with like an inch and a half nap and just rolled in the fill. And uh, um, so really that wall is a fucking spray paint roller fill, you know, and um, but but if you drive by and look at it, it looks like nice. the like largest, you know, largest painted sign in Cincinnati. Like I don't there is no lettering bigger than that in the city, you know, and um, but it's fucking spray paint and rollers and like who the fuck Aww. else would have figured that out. So like that 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 one to me is like i'm particularly even though it's literally just black and white it's a white wall with black letters but there's a lot of like problem solving in that that like um you know you can't project Mm -hmm. that any any competition i have in the area like my old friends that are now a different thing or other people in other cities that come here to work like you know columbus louisville lexington indy cincy pittsburgh chicago anybody that else would have been hired to do that wall would have done it in a different way and uh you know Mine was a combination of pouncing patterns, spray painting, roller filler. Um, you know, we did it when it was 40 degrees out during a fucking winter storm at night, you know like like no like if you projected it it, the image would be keystone um if you if you projected it and wanted to fix it with straight edges and stuff you'd be like guess guessing where the straight line is with a level like uh drawing over like massive fucking peaks and valleys and stone like like i don't so so that that is even though it's so simple that's one of the things i'm like most proud of um trying to think beyond that like uh um I don't really know what else right now I'm thinking about like driving around or looking around. Um, uh, I don't really know. I I, I guess other than that, like um, a restaurant called Holler and Dash is like Cracker Barrel had a thing where they were trying to like change, change business platforms. And they, they made a new thing called Holler and Dash. And I was able to do the first one as like a prototype. And then I got, I got hired to do the rest of them. So (laughs) I did like seven mm-hmm. or eight of those, and I think they not they not, they might now be going out of business. But, um, but like when I started my company, Higher Level Art in two thousand eight, people like I say earlier about people asking you, "What do you do? Like, mm-hmm. what are you guys?" Like, I've always said. Somebody painted every Olive Garden. Somebody painted every Chi-Chi's back in the day. You know, like like if, if you're just going to get paid decent money to be an artist, I want to yeah. be the guy that paints all the fucking Don Pablos because I bet those guys get paid and then they can go do what they want with the rest of their time. Like I want to be that guy. So <clears throat> so I've always, that was always my mission was like if I just had to be a blue-collar mm-hmm. art painter, I want to be the guy that paints all the fucking Olive Gardens, you know? And uh um so it's cool – how many restaurants mm-hmm. I've done in the past few years. Cause <clears throat> that really is kind of like the achievable functioning, real art painting job, you know, to be the art to be the restaurant interior guy. Uh, um, Cause you know, you know, if I get like Buffalo Wild yep. Wings or fucking O'Charlies or some shit, like, you know, if they want to rebrand, they probably have six hundred locations, you know? And if you if it's gonna cost ten or fifteen or twenty grand to do each location, yep. like do the fucking math. Like you're gonna work for three years and never fucking do shit for anybody ever again. You know what I mean? Like like that, that's like the goal, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that is, yeah, 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 man. Right, But totally. it took yeah, all of yeah, those exactly. years to get right, to so a that, point that. where you could handle that. See, whereas people want to come in, Danny, and they want to, like, their yeah. first job, oh, I should get Olive Garden. guard. Right. It's like, nah, bro, right. yeah. like, you're not going to get yeah. these huge exactly. ones like that, yes, sir. you know, without the work. Yeah, that's, so now yeah that's yes, what I was thinking I'm, down, I'm we, down for whatever there's I'm still so there. much stuff we, we, have can
1: go, covered. we can go two hours on this thing if you want or uh, I'll tell you right now also I have I do have a segment that I did with Six Sense in Indy right uh so we, we, we yeah we had uh, uh-huh. we had like a 30 minute phone call the other day shout
0: out sense. and
1: I'm trying to find um how I'm gonna put it on mm-hmm. but uh, I might merge that with this so you know yeah nope tell me more okay
0: did he tell you how he saved my life so, after we recorded the podcast at his house, because we recorded it at his house, I was walking, because he he lives probably, okay. I can walk from his house to my parents' house in like five minutes, right? Like, they literally live that close. So, I'm walking down the street, and I'm texting Velcro, because uh-huh. I'm like, spiking the touchdown. You know what I'm saying? I'm hype, because every interview I wanted, I got. So... I look okay. back and these police are like hitting the corner, super aggressive. Damn. And I say to myself, damn, whoever, they're about to fuck with somebody. Whoever uh-huh. they're going to fuck with is asked out. Were you and being arrested for being black in me, Indy? Swoop, like swoop on me, like <laughs> yeah, essentially. So, but here's what happened. Like, so they run up on me, like, and they're ready. Like, hey, like, and they're just, yep. they, it was real aggressive how they got a, out of their cars, right? So, they they're up on me and they're like you know hands on their sides and then sense just runs over and he's like, uh-huh. hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And then they look and they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> right? And then he's like, hey, mm-hmm. man. He's like, this dude just came from my crib. I live like mm-hmm. two, like right there. Hey, AJ, you need a ride to? You need a ride home? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, dude, if you could give me like, please. Uh, but yeah. it was because it was one of those situations. I yeah. said, if he hadn't ran you know out here, they were just ready there? for whatever. <laughs> yeah, man. Nah, bro. They just swooped on me. Huh. Just out of, they didn't even. They were like, "Oh, we got a call," but we had been podcasting for two hours in his yeah. house. So yeah. it, if you got a call, it wasn't me. Yep. We were in his house. Hell yeah. So yeah, sell us a sense.
1: <laughs> yep, I'll do that. But yeah, um,
0: man. However you want to yeah, do it, know, it. If up, you want to get into
1: more stuff right now, uh, I'm down. If you want to save it for a, another another episode, we can do that too. mm Hmm.
0: yeah 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 let's see i'm trying to think if there's any super crazy things that i want to ask you about while we're here um really you know danny we're we're hitting we we pretty much we've been on here for like a buck 30 you know um and you know okay. what the jesus yep. said like have your verses yep. half short twice strong <laughs> you know what i'm saying so um yeah so, okay. So real quick, before we, before we get to the last little part of the episode, have you, how is this, um, is, do you feel like being an artist, like I know you said you had a bunch of stuff that you can work on, but the overall, um, landscape of us as artists, how do you feel like this yes, is a question in our um, community? That's, that's kind of what, has been my,
1: that's my mission right now too, on my show is I'm just trying to call people and ask them that same kind of thing. Um, um it's interesting like mm-hmm. uh for me personally um uh i i like like we talk about like self-critical ideas and getting better and stuff like my my biggest issue it's not that i procrastinate but it's mm-hmm. like it's hard for me to get in the headspace to be as productive as i need to be uh because there's like so many little things to pay attention to it's hard to pay attention to mm-hmm. the, to one so i have to like constantly try to find out which case is most critical and like triage, take care of that thing. Um, But uh, um, so that's like my personal struggle is just trying to like be motivated and also mentally in a place like a flow state. I got to get to where I can be mentally without the constant incessant distractions to actually perform. Um, So that's the silver lining I see on this right now is that I can, uh, like, I don't have new stuff flying in uh, to, like, conversate about or plan or plot and scheme or sell. Um, like, I really just need to focus on the things that are on the table because because luckily I'm backlogged enough that I can just, like, work on shit that I owe. Um, and uh, that's going to keep me busy for, like, two or three months probably. And then um, – so that's my own personal silver lining. It's, like, it's kind of like an actually breathing space to maybe do – the catching up that I suppose that I want to do right and uh, um, but outside of myself, like other people that I mean, like, I know there's some folks that are kind of, you know, starting to be professional artists and stuff. And like, they're always like trying to get the next job. Um, uh, so, like, it does suck because, you know. The balls stop moving. And it's like, even if that office still wants to hire you to do something, like there's nobody in the office, you know, like, um, so like, uh, you know, everything is standing still. So I do feel sorry for people that are totally out of work. Um, I'm just lucky right now to owe people work. So that's, that's, you know, a good problem right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, 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 know I feel fortunate for that. Like, it's, it's not like I'm swimming in money or just looking at fucking five digits of, of shit on deck, but I definitely have, you know, enough work and they'll owe me for that work, uh, you know, over the next month or two or three months. So, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm my, my, my lifeboat is floating. Um, but yeah, for other people, man, that that's exactly where I'm trying to call and talk to people about the same thing. Cause, uh, Um, different people have different situations. Like, you know, if, if you, if you do live simply and have like a, a, a rent, that's not crazy expensive. And, uh, then, uh, you know, it might be a a blessing in disguise right now, you know, go out and get bare minimum. But I also am encouraging people. That's one of my manifestos throughout this thing is like, you know, some people have jobs that aren't the, the art job they want to have and uh you know this could be a good time to curate that like make that website build that online store go shop some cheap printers like uh find out like what you know what are some other means of income that you might be able to derive from from your your what is now a hobby you know every business was once a hobby uh so like you know is that a a potential opportunity to try to diversify your methods of income and uh maybe you could reduce the one you hate so much by encouraging the one you like more um because nobody's got there's nothing to do right now except you know whatever you can uh so you know i would encourage people to get get in whatever game they've been too busy to get in on
0: you have any shout outs you want to give shout outs my lady Sibylka story
1: storyteller photography.com is that right yeah, and then uh, shit, uh, my dog Ali, you know, light skin heavyweight, digs the dude, little murderous psychopath. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, really, that's about it, man. My bunk spot, guys. I have a gallery downstairs here called the Bunk Spot. My dudes run that; they're the shit. We do we do shows every final Friday. Um, See, yeah, we, we... Didn't even
0: get to talk about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> shit, when you come to town, you can have one. Ooh don't say that
1: don't yeah. hey man <laughs> yeah uh my uh right is danny gamble with an underscore in the middle picture of a dog uh higher level is my like commercial website stuff uh other than that just doing the podcast and stuff making cool shit uh trying to stay alive and keep people laughing mm-hmm
0: yeah so check them out folks higher level com. danny gamble with the underscore in the middle and uh all city podcasts it's on all streaming platforms great stuff hell yeah word man yes sir we appreciate you coming out danny
1: i dig it thanks a lot man we'll do or, it again
0: yeah or calling in rather <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> okay so with that we appreciate you being What the fuck? Oh, damn, dude. That's my alarm. Which I was supposed to. Okay, that's what happened. Okay, cool. So we appreciate you guys coming out. You could be anywhere on the internet, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. Catch us again next week. Same BS time, same BS channel. Once again, this some shit I just thought of y'all. Scientific fiction that's not admissible in no court of law. I'm out of here like Vladimir. James and Danny over and out.
1: Word.